It's a pleasure having Cole Harmon and Jonathan Conway of Glowing Moses joining The Antidote. Guys, thanks for coming. Thanks so much for having us, Dave. Yeah, we're excited to be with you. I've read the bio for Glowing Moses, and it really did get my attention when it said, after a life-altering spiritual experience, (laughs) Seattle-born frontman Cole Harmon relocated to Cleveland. I mean, (laughs) life-altering is quite a statement. So what's the story? Yeah, so I'm a pastor's kid, and I was definitely the nightmare pastor's kid by the time I hit my teens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my life was uh, drugs and rock and roll. Not exactly so much on the sex, but uh, definitely the drugs and rock and roll. And um, I had just completely come to this point where I realized I'm wasting my life. I'm not happy. Um, I was dealing with a lot of suicidal thoughts, things of that nature. And so I went to a youth conference and I had an experience where Jesus revealed himself to me. And it was like the most intense love I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I I had this experience where all of my pent-up anger and anxiety and self-hatred, it just left me in an instant. So that completely reset the course of my life. And so I decided like, yeah, I want to I want to do this Jesus thing. And so that's that's what I was referring to. <laughs> so this makes you the modern day prodigal. Yeah, yeah, you could say that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Have you got a dramatic story to tell us too? Interestingly enough, I'm from uh, upstate New York. And so I met Cole, gosh, it's been a while now. But before I moved to Cleveland, he was visiting the church that I was going to. And so he and I got to play some music together and he was like, shoot, like, you're pretty good. Like, let me show you some of my songs. And we were just playing on an acoustic guitar and a box drum. And so we just jammed out and he was like, this is really fun. And uh, so he went back to Cleveland and I was in New York and he was like, called me a week later. He said, you know, do you want to join my band (laughs) and maybe move out to Cleveland? I was like, Gosh, let me think about it. So I came out and played a show with them that summer. And later that year in 2016, I was like, decided I'm going to pack up and move out to Cleveland to join this band. So here we are. And, you know, about three years later, I want to say, and we're still going. And that in itself was a bit of a faith decision because I had no real connections out here aside from Cole. You know, I had no job lined up and all that sort of thing. But when I took the step of faith to move out here, because I really felt like like it was a, a confirmation, an answer of prayer, really, you know, seeing dreams fulfilled in my own life. And uh, it was an open door and I walked through it and God provided the rest. So maybe not quite as dramatic, but coming from A to B, it was pretty crazy. And the drive was a little bit shorter. <laughs> yeah, it was about six hours as opposed to like a long days, flight. Days. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're driving from Seattle to Cleveland, yeah, yeah. definitely going to be days. Well, what about filling us in about the other members of Glowing Moses? Who else is involved? So Nate is our recording genius. And the best way I can describe Nate's job is he wears like eight hats. He plays guitar. Um... I do most of the lead guitars, more of the classic rock kind of stuff. If you hear a big, bold solo, that's probably my leads. But Nate is doing all that other cool stuff behind the scenes, the layers. He's playing a lot of slide guitar, things like that. Um, But he also does all the cool noises, all the extra synthy stuff. 
And on our stage setup, that's what he's he's got around him, like all these instruments and gadgets and stuff. So he just loves all of that kind of stuff. And that's what he does. And he goes to our church. That's how we met him. We were really involved in worship music circles, but I was like, hey, you should come play with us in this rock band. It's really fun, and you get to use a lot of stuff you don't get to use on Sunday here. So <laughs> I think that I think that roped him in. <laughs> and then um, Jeff is our newest member. He actually just joined November of last year. Yeah. And that was kind of a similar story, honestly. Um, I was uh, leading worship for our church's youth group, and he was playing bass. And he was throwing in all these fills that were so good, like beyond your normal worship fills. And I was like, hey, man, this is kind of crazy, but would you ever want to just try out for our band? Because we had recently lost our other bass player. He agreed, and he blew it away. Um, he tried out on a really hard song, and he crushed it, and so he joined the band after that. So, so we're all at the same church, basically. I have to say that you guys have the coolest band name. And I do get that Glowing Moses comes from the Old Testament. But really, how does the name reflect the band and your music? Um, that whole narrative in Exodus is a really big deal to me. Um, there's a lot of promises that God made there that I think are fulfilled in our time. And one of them being that he would have for himself a nation of kings and priests. And the priest thing... All that's really talking about is, is a people who would experience God face to face. They would actually be able to interact with God and talk to him. And anytime people did that, creativity exploded. Um, and so I love that story of Moses being on the mountain and speaking with God. And God gave him all this wisdom to lead a nation. And God said, do everything according to the pattern that I show you on the mountain. So Moses got to experience God in this encounter, and it actually brought wisdom into his life, um, which resulted in all kinds of amazing stuff. And so for me, I've always wanted our music to come out of that place of prayer. Like, uh, I don't just want to try to write clever songs. I want to really make it an interaction with God. And I just kind of release what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling in that place. And so that, that's kind of what that's speaking to. Something I haven't asked is, when did the band actually start? Uh, 20, 2016. Yeah. I, I started by myself. I just kind of started writing songs and putting demos together. And then I started showing these demos to my friends. And that's kind of how I recruited them one by one. And so we weren't really a fully fledged band until summer of 2016. And that's when you recorded Cosmonaut. Yes. The first release. Yeah, that was right <laughs> after I joined the band too. So Cosmonaut was funny because uh, I didn't officially have any band members except Jonathan um, at the time. So I, I had written the songs and Jonathan hadn't moved to Cleveland yet. So I sent them to him in New York, and then it was basically the second time we ever played together was when we were all in the studio together recording Cosmonaut. So <laughs> it was kind of a risk because we only had five days to pull it off. <laughs> really, that one was a presentation, really, of where you were going as a band. Because the EP expounds Christianity, like the song It's Dangerous to Go Alone, when it says, You said that nothing's impossible when I lift my head. I see fields of white. 
your heart brings my heart's desire alive. Was that always your intention to follow that route for the band? Yeah, I I used to kind of struggle with the idea of should I start a Christian band or just a regular <laughs> band? And is there even a difference? It's just one of those things. I, I was praying one time and I, I kind of felt like the Lord was speaking to me saying, just don't worry about it. Just be yourself. Write what's coming out of this place with me. And don't worry about whether it's too Christian or not Christian enough. Just let it be authentically you and it will accomplish what it needs to do. And so I, I just stopped caring about the labels. But as it turns out, I happen to be really passionate about Jesus. And so that often comes out. But I also kind of love just classic rock bands like Led Zeppelin. Um, they just have kind of more cryptic lyrics and they're kind of open to interpretation. So I just kind of try to strike that balance of like, I'm writing about stuff that I'm passionate about, but I also like to leave it a little bit open-ended so that people have to kind of lean in and ask questions and try to maybe even get something out of it for themselves that I wasn't even necessarily intending. Well, it's interesting that you brought up about labels because when I Googled Glowing Moses, these tags came up. Alt-rock, classic rock, heavy rock, indie rock, jazz, post-rock, space rock, stoner rock. I mean, I get that some of that fits your style, and obviously some don't. But are labels ever worthwhile? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, they're helpful when you're trying to find stuff on iTunes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, we've had difficulty putting ourselves into one specific subgenre, if you will, of rock and roll. You know, it's it's difficult. Even when people still ask me, I'm like, yeah, we're a rock band, but we're also like indie rock, but then we're riff rock and we're all these sorts of things, but we take influence from all these different bands. We're like, just cover all of the gambit of our inspiration and what we sound like. So cosmic riff rock, I think for me, strikes a chord. So I've adopted that, you know, and you can interpret that as you will. I just tell people like, well, if you don't know what that means, go listen to our music in that context and it should make sense. Then you've just got a cool label for a band right. with a cool band name. <laughs> exactly. It works. One of our, our good friends, Scott Crowder, he's a pastor and uh, he makes incredible music. He's the guy who produced Cosmonaut and he's helped with us here and there since. He was kind of telling me about, he was like sweating over this dilemma of should he put his music on iTunes under gospel or under rock and roll? It was like so hard for him to decide. And I, I totally get that. I, I think it kind of comes down to what you're trying to accomplish. If you're a worship band, that's pretty helpful because you're going for a corporate worship thing. But if you're just trying to express yourself and make music that's not necessarily tied to a church thing, I don't know that the Christian label is all that helpful. It's actually kind of unhelpful because people yeah. assume things about you that may not be happening. Like, you know, they might see a Christian label and go, oh, this is going to sound like Chris Tomlin pass not that i don't like chris tomlin but if they see all these different labels they might be more prone to check it out you've already mentioned this a couple times so here's another label that does fit much the music of glowing moses and that is worship music i mean the yep. lyrics from your 2017 single hourglass nothing in this world can change my mind i'm crucified like an hourglass all of your life flows into mine 
Yeah. But the music style has nothing in common with traditional worship music. So is the band actually just trying to mess with people? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I think what it comes down to, we're all worshipers at heart. We're all part of the worship team in our church. We all worship together. We love that. And so there's a part of us that can't get away from that, even if for some reason we wanted to. That's just in our DNA. But at the same time, we're also trying to explore sounds that are authentically us. And I, I say this kind of thing a lot, but God is not trying to erase what makes you human. He's not trying to get rid of your taste and just tell you to you know, put down the guitar and focus on him. Like He likes that we have all these different various expressions. I feel like I'm wearing a suit that doesn't fit right when I play normal church music. And so, (laughs) yeah, it is worship music, but it's the most authentic worship music that we know how to produce as a group of guys. Yeah. And that may not necessarily be appropriate for a Sunday, but that's not really what we're trying to do anyway. So, You know, I don't usually bring up influences, but maybe I should this time. Because I'm sort of picking up a bit of Queens of the Stone Age. (laughs) You're very perceptive. They're they're one of my very favorite bands, for sure. Okay, then who else might be on that list? Um, Just for me, personally. Because Jonathan and I have pretty different music tastes, and I think that's what... Literally everyone in the band has completely different tastes. (laughs) Almost. Um, I'd say... A little bit of Zeppelin, uh, Radiohead, Muse, yeah, mm. and to a lesser degree, Metallica. Well, obviously, we're not doing like the thrash metal thing, but I love how their song structure is just so off the wall, especially their older stuff. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Bethel music is big influence on us. So if you put all of those things in a super collider and they mash together, it would sound something like us, I guess. And then Jonathan, you like? Uh... I I have a somewhat wide gambit. I'd say my one of my top two bands is August Burns Red, and then Switchfoot, which is very like different, but uh, they've inspired me a lot as bands that are, for lack of a better term, crossover bands, quote unquote. Uh, at least that's the term I've heard used. Where they are Christian, but they, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I believe you, you've interviewed August Burns Red at some point. Yeah. But, you know, they've inspired me a lot, not only with their musical style and just just the music and the excellence that they walk in is, is crazy. And I've looked up to them for a long time. So they've, they've inspired me a lot. Um, I, I love other bands like Mute Math and Muse as well. Um, those are some of my top artists that I go to, including Bethel Music is another one. Those are a lot of my influences, you know, and I can't really speak for the rest of the band. I know Nate loves Radiohead as well. Yeah, um, I think we've all pretty much agreed Radiohead's the greatest band ever. I'm still, I'm still working on that. <laughs> I, I, I just haven't taken the time to properly listen to them because I'm like, ever since I moved to Cleveland, Cole and Nate and this band have opened my mind up to so many different types of music. And uh, so I've been going down the rabbit hole, so to speak, with my musical journey and uh, so Radiohead is probably <laughs> my next thing to tackle. Um, I, I listen to music with two different ears. I, I have my ears as a, as a Christian who loves Jesus, who worships. And in a corporate setting, I can turn off 
my artistic need for everything to be crazy and weird and different. And I can just get behind that. But if I'm just listening to music, yeah, I don't really like worship music either. <laughs> I, I'd much rather listen to something that's just genius. And oftentimes yeah. they're not going for that with worship. So then why can't worship music both be wild and creative? I well, think, I think I, it can. I think I, that's kind of what yeah. we're trying to do. I think, I think that's do. kind of what we're going for in our own, you know, in our own expression of it. That's a great question. I mean, that's that's a whole can of worms in itself. I think a lot of it has to do with sometimes we can get in a bit of a box with the way we write songs. Um, and part of it is the culture that exists today in the church of what kind of music is acceptable in church and what's tasteful and, you know, what do people want to hear, quote unquote. And I think, you know, the church is on a journey of discovering more what it's actually about because so much of it has become about like while appealing to the congregation and the, the, the quote-unquote audience i think we're learning to focus more on what moves the heart of god and ministering to his heart instead of just ministering to what people want to hear um so i think i think that's a whole another thing you know where our journey is it's maybe a little bit parallel but I think uh, that's one of the reasons why I think it's good for Christians who are musicians to find a way to express their musicality outside of a worship band. You know, I think it's great because I've been on worship teams, you know, a long time, over a decade, and I love it. And I think it's something I'll always want to do in some way if I'm able. For me, it's, you know, it's a combination of my passion for music and my passion for the Lord. But I think that's just the journey we have to find ourselves on. And if there's any way we can influence that and in other Christian musicians... I think this is our way of doing that. This is our way of having one foot in and one foot out. You know, all of our Christian friends who are on the worship team as well, they listen to our music for the most part. So I, that's, that would be my thought in response to what you said. There is something that's also different about Glowing Moses. I think there's everything is different about Glowing Moses, but something else. <laughs> well, that is a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it's true. Here's something else. It's the length of your songs. I mean, a short song for you guys is four and a half minutes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what's with that? Like, you just don't want to be rushed? So, we were talking a little bit about worship music, and for the longest time, I was just in worship bands. And then I felt like I was kind of finally coming to this place where I was like, I think I want to try to do other things, and God can still be a huge part of that. And so it was like once those doors were blown open, I was just having so much fun doing everything different than the conventional pop song. Uh, like, okay, yeah, a song has to be under four minutes. Well, not if I'm doing this. Like, I've written 20-minute songs. Or it's got to have these four chords. And now I'm experimenting with, you know, all kinds of you know, tritones and everything else. Just throwing mud on everything, just trying different stuff because it felt like I was able to come out of, out of the fence. You know what I mean? Um, and so I guess uh, just kind of realizing, like, if, if I don't have to follow the rules, then I personally don't care for songs that are shoved into three minutes. Sometimes that can be cool, but I just enjoy letting the song breathe and exploring lots of different ideas and that's why I said Metallica is one of my influences. I love that they'll just throw in like a 10-minute solo or <laughs> or whatever. And then they'll come all the way back around to the beginning. You're like, whoa, where did we just go? 
So what does this mean then? You just need a big long song so you can showboat on the guitar? (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, yeah. No, no, no. No, because if I do that, Nate will make fun of me for being too shreddy because he he loves more like minimalist music. And so uh, (laughs) that's, that's why our different influences play off each other. Last year, you released a single called The Light. The final line of the song says, Through the shadows, the light inside will guide me on. Well, here Mm. we are today. The world is living in the shadows with COVID-19. Is this song an encouragement? Oh, I I would hope so, yeah. It's interesting. I gave an interview to uh, like one of the largest papers here in Cleveland, and I was talking about there was a lot of political stuff going on last year that was causing a lot of anxiety for people. And so, yeah, that song was like a declaration of for every narrative that you're being told about the world is evil and it's dying and everything's messed up. There's a sub narrative where God is doing things and love is actually conquering, even if it doesn't feel like it right now. And that was last year. Right now, yeah. I don't know that I've oh ever felt that stronger before. Um, because even in our lives, there's just so much panic out there. And yet Jonathan and I have seen God show up recently in ways that just continually uh, blow our minds. And we know that that, that hope is real. It's, it's yeah. not an ethereal thing. It's not a platitude that you stick on your you know, motivational poster in your bedroom, it hope is a real force for change and it's it's going. I think too, part of our job description, if you will, as as musicians, as artists, and this goes for, again, like I just said, not just musicians, but artists of all kinds, whether you paint, you draw, you write, you make music, you make film, whatever that might be. I think our job description is to create beauty, to flood the world around us with beauty and things that uplift the human spirit. And you can have all these reality TV shows. You can have all this stuff that points, oh, it's all re- it's realistic. It's this, it's that. Well, I already know what the world around me is like. I want to know what it could be, you know? And so there's no better option. There's no better alternative than the love that's in Christ. And if this is a way that we can uplift the world in a time of darkness by singing songs about light and about life and what it could be, then I I certainly hope that people are drawing hope from that. You know, we need to be putting music and art like that out in the world because it needs it now more than ever. We're here speaking on the same day as the release date for your two new songs, Mesosphere and The Mountain. Both the song titles have heights in common. Is that association purposeful? Uh, Yes, those two songs are kind of supposed to be twins even though they're pretty different from each other. They're both in drop A. Uh, Basically, I I took my guitar in standard tuning, and I took the low E string, and I just dropped it down to A. So I have two strings that are A. And uh, I was just exploring how much I could possibly get out of that tuning, and these two songs were born out of that. And again, the way I try to write songs is I will spend time, lots of time in prayer and in meditation, and then I'll I'll begin to hear music in my head or in my heart, and uh, I just start to put that to paper. And so these songs have always been related and maybe describing different aspects of the same thing. The lyrics of The Mountain says, Where space and time mean nothing, where struggle can't exist. Yeah. 
I'm thinking that all of us are wanting to be free of struggles, you know, especially at a time like this. The song mm-hmm. makes it sound as if you're totally assured of this. Well, so so the songs, it's kind of similar to the name Glowing Moses. It, it's sort of describing this Exodus encounter where Moses is speaking face to face with God. And it's not that our lives are free of struggle or, or anything like that, but we do have these amazing, incredible moments of transcendence where we can actually experience the, the presence of God in our lives. And so that's what these songs are about, is those kinds of things. And so it, this song was kind of a moment for me of, that's what I'm experiencing right now, is in God's realm, there is no need really for space and time and there, there's not a there's not a struggle and so the song is about sort of being lifted up into that place you know a mountaintop experience kind of thing we should finish with something important your band is from <laughs> cleveland ohio the home yeah. of the rock and roll hall of fame does this mean being a local glowing moses is guaranteed to be inducted <laughs> I'm going to go I on think, record and say absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can be inducted if you've never charted. Uh, so hopefully we can get even just on like 99 on Billboard. <laughs> <laughs> right, 99.9 on the Billboard. <laughs> they're like they're describing our accomplishments. <laughs> like they got to uh, the 95th spot on Billboard once. Awesome. <laughs> for half of a day. Yeah, for a half a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When we unleashed our Twitter bots to right. <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> That's right. Seeing as we're based out of Cleveland, someday when we make it big, I'm hoping that at least puts us in the running. They'll be like, hey, these guys are from Cleveland, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> but every time I walk into the Rock Hall, because I've been there like six times now, every time I go in there, I'm like, man, we need more solos in our music. Like, I need yes. to play guitar better. <laughs> <laughs> So our songs are probably only just going to get longer from here. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) My thanks go to Glowing Moses for this talk. Guys, thanks for coming. It's been great. Thanks so much, Dave. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out.